Hi, everybody. This is Sally Wagner. Welcome to High Frequency Mindset Podcast. And I am very happy to welcome our guest today, Susan Gold. Susan, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm excited to speak with you today. Likewise. And thank you so much for being here. I'm very happy to uh, introduce you to our audience. I'm going to read your bio and then we'll have a little discussion. So with decades of strategic marketing, sales, and business experience, Susan specializes in helping business owners attract their ideal clients that make them happy and make them money. Awesome goal, right? (laughs) Susan's coaching creates significant transformation as her clients develop a clear, focused marketing strategy. Her mission is simple, to help her clients to find their ideal clients build genuine connections with their clients, and grow revenue in the process. Surviving 30 years of experience, including advertising agencies and corporate marketing executive roles in Fortune 100 firms, Susan had no idea that all those years would ultimately lead to becoming an entrepreneur. Graduating with an MBA from Simmons College, and achieving executive leadership promotions, Susan then started her consulting practice, Gold & Partners, LLC, in 2010. She recently introduced her marketing strategy coaching business, Susan Gold Coaching, focusing on the small business owner and entrepreneur. When she's not helping her clients get more clients, Susan explores her artistic and creative passions as an artist, quilter, gardener, tap dancer, I love that, and neophyte golfer. She lives on the seacoast in New Hampshire and enjoys the Piscataqua. I probably didn't say that right. You want to tell me? It's Piscataqua. Piscataqua (laughs) River and the Atlantic Ocean with her husband, children, and grandchildren. Fabulous. And again, Susan, welcome. Thank you so much. There's so much in there. I, I hardly know where to start. Um, I think my starting point is going to be, so with your corporate career, what led you to start your first business in 2010? Uh, A combination of what I would call corporate trauma, (laughs) finally realizing (laughs) that no matter how hard I worked, no matter how high I climbed the corporate ladder, No matter what room or leadership table I was in, it didn't allow me to be my authentic self. Coupled with, as I was getting older, corporate didn't want me anymore. And uh, moved to this area in 2010, had lost my job and thought I need to start my own business. And it was a terrible market for whether I was looking for a job or for um, looking for clients. So working on a project basis, I started my own marketing strategy consulting. In those days, I did also write websites and brochure copy and pretty much what anybody needed from a uh, marketing standpoint. And that evolved over the years. That's an amazing story. And, and I think probably resonates with a lot of us. Uh, I experienced something similar being in the corporate world, 
uh, and as you say, not feeling that you can be your authentic self. And then we reach a point where you're right. They don't want us anymore. They want to hire younger people, uh, different people who can come in and they can pay them much less money than we had risen to, right? With our years of experience. And I apologize, my dog is barking in the background. Uh, and I think that's a common experience. Uh, so the fact that you were able to pivot and launch your own business is an amazing story. Yeah, I pivoted before pivot was such a common term since, mm -hmm. um, since the pandemic. But I think it was really hard in the beginning to get past the feeling of failure that, yeah. you know, if I had only tried this or if I had tried a different approach or you know, I do wonder if I had had a uh, female executive coach, you know, in my back pocket that could guide me through, you know, the politics, because that's where you get hurt. You know, a lot of women feel like we're hired to do the job, but that isn't the only part of the job. Mm -hmm. And in fact, that's not going to keep your job, especially as um, as you go into more leadership type roles. So um but there were some positives, um, absolutely. Once I got past the um, drowning guilt, embarrassment, and feeling a failure, you know, as we, as we, as you and I've talked, art helped me get through that. Um, and you know, building a business, and then uh, things transpired from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and then you started a second business, a, a coaching uh, wing or conglomerate as part of your business. How did that come about? Yeah. So I would say about a year before the pandemic, I started thinking about all the contacts I have. I'm driving around. I'm going to chambers. I'm networking like crazy. Um, and it was getting harder and harder to sell in my geography a strategic marketing plan that takes a lot of time, which dries up the cost. And a lot of the smaller businesses in New Hampshire just didn't have the budget or the inclination to focus on that. And I thought, I need to come up with a service that brings strategy to the small business owner in a way that's affordable, that is approachable, is in bite-sized pieces, and actually shows results quick. Um, because business owners... A lot of them have been burned out on marketing consultants, on agencies, and they just didn't get results. They felt sold. So I worked to create a marketing strategy coaching product that is six one-hour sessions that focuses on the most essential elements of marketing strategy. And that's who is your ideal client? And I define those as ones that make you money, that are profitable, that respect the business owner, that have the need for those services. So you don't have to educate them on the fact that they have a problem that they don't know that they have mm -hmm. and are willing and able to pay for that and aligning that with the right kinds of messages to engage them, their pain points, the impact the business has on those pain points and the value that they bring that is differentiated. And then finally, after we know the who, they want to replicate as clients, what to say to engage. The final leg of the stool is where to say it. What is the marketing channels that really are aligned with 
being in the right room, literally and figuratively for networking, but also connecting with and building from like building your pipeline with interested, highly valued, ideal client prospects. You have to go to them. You can't, there isn't enough money, time, effort in bringing them to you as the uh, business owner that wants to grow their business. You have to go where your ideal clients are. So knowing the who helps you understand the what to say and then where to um, say it to, to get engagement. Yeah. Uh, all of those are, are such crucial points. I think a lot of small business owners, especially new business owners, haven't, haven't yet defined who that ideal client is. And, it, you know, it's like, here's what I do and people are going to love it, right? Um, right. Maybe. Uh, right. And uh, you still need some clarity around that. So what would be one step you would suggest for people, one step that you use to guide people in that process to identify the ideal client? Yeah, well, what we start with is the analysis of who they've worked with in the past. And this is something that any business owner can do on their own. I mean, a lot of times we're so busy as solopreneurs or small business owners that we don't look back to learn. And we don't take the time to understand who have we worked with in the past. Most of the time you can think off the top of your head, who's my favorite client? You generally know from a personality standpoint, you might know off the top of your head, who um, brought you some decent revenue, um, which, which ones were profitable. Generally, you remember those. You also remember your worst clients, <laughs> yes. the ones that you lost your shirt on because you couldn't charge what you needed to or wanted to, or you spent more time because they needed more and you couldn't up your price. So we usually know the extremes, but there's a lot of learning and understanding everything that's in between. So what I do is I work with clients on building a a deep spreadsheet. It's a data-driven process on all their clients and rank them on their revenue levels, their margin levels. Did they make money or lose their shirt? And were they a good fit for the business owner? Not was the client happy, but was the business owner happy with that client and why? And then we we sort that and shift it around and look at where's their alignment against revenue, margin, and happiness fit factor, and where's their not alignment, particularly where we love the client, but we didn't, it wasn't profitable. Can that change? Is that a matter of um, looking at pricing strategy, right? Or offering. And sometimes it's um, did great work and made money, but did not like the client. And what do you learn from that in order to, when you're doing discovery calls with potential um, prospects, that you can look for those signs, ask enough questions to start to disqualify them as good fits. So that's all helpful in understanding what to do with the learnings. But what we look at additionally is aspirationally, who has the business owner always wanted to work with? but maybe they couldn't attract. They didn't know how they didn't feel like they could. So we pull out three ideal client types, either aspirationally or reflective of the kind of clients that we've worked with in the past or currently. And then we have our targets. 
And one tool to help with that is actually on my website. If anybody wants to use this, it's a complimentary tool to help identify your ideal clients, come up with your message platform and, um, and make sure that you're in the right room. And then an added tip on how to keep track of all that. I love that. So everybody right now, write down <laughs> that you're gonna check out Susan's website to get that tool. And uh, Susan will share your information in the show notes so people can refer. Uh, I just wanna make sure people do that because that sounds valuable. Yeah. Yeah. And I love what you said that it's all data driven. You know, it's not like, hey, who do you think you'd like to work with? You know, let's just uh, pick somebody, right? We have some, it's evidence-based. That's right. Yeah. There's a lot of talk about avatars and coming up with your avatar. Yeah. And, you know, if that works for a lot of people, I think uh, whatever works is best. But what I've I found there's so much to learn in under, in really looking at the data of who are your clients mm-hmm. and um, who are they? Where did they come from? What did they purchase from you? Those are the additional columns that you want to add if you, yeah. if you want to go deep into it. And what were the revenue levels? And then when you, as a business owner, look down at everything that you've worked on in the past two to three years, it's pretty interesting and where they came from. So who is referring the kinds of clients that rank high on those income, those revenue, the Mm -hmm. margin and the fit factors? And who's sending you clients that don't rank well? And what can you do to turn that around? Can you have another conversation with those referral sources? You know, networking is a very popular lead generating channel for a lot of um, small business owners and solopreneurs, whether they're B2B or B2C. And so it's really important to be clear on those ideal clients. I hear a lot when I ask, so who's your ideal client when I'm networking? And I hear, well, anybody and everybody, because they all need my services. And so what I normally say is, you know, your company can provide services to anybody and anybody that um, is looking for, you know, whether it's bookkeeping or whatever uh, a general business service could be. Mm-hmm. And the problem is marketing and networking in particular does not work well with being um, industry agnostic, even though your company can be, but your marketing has to hang on something so that you can connect and be in the right room. So one of the recommendations I make is where are your ideal clients gathering? What networking groups do they belong to? What industry conferences are they a part of? And so it's easier to go where they are than spending all the time, money, and energy to bring them to you. Yeah. And you also brought in about the power of the referral partner. Uh, Some people even call them power partners, right? Because- yes. Uh, and to have those conversations with the right ones, because as you said, if, if the referrals you're getting from one source are fabulous, you want to cultivate those. And if the referrals you're getting from another source aren't really the right fit for all those reasons, then either clarify or focus more on the other sources, right? That's right. Um, it, because you... you you want those people uh, and you don't want all, uh, you know, uh, a book full of business for the, the wrong clients. Oh, you're so right. I went through a period of filling up. I was a very busy networker, but I wasn't 
doing one-to-ones with people who are, for those of you that don't know that term, it's having a, a Zoom or an in-person or a coffee with someone else. That's a one-to-one. Right. And the purpose is to not sell to them. It's to network with them. Yeah. Sometimes they self-refer. That happens a lot, um, if, especially if you're not trying to sell, right? And if you're having one-to-ones with people who are your potential prospects, but you're not trying to sell, that's even better, right? And then you start seeing your numbers go up and you can get an ROI, a very positive ROI on your networking efforts when all those things are aligned. But replicating strategic partners who really get what you do and naturally would bring you to the table because you provide a service that they don't, that they know their clients and their prospects really need. And that's when things, there's nothing better than getting an email or a phone call that says, Susan, I got a client that really needs your help. Let's talk. That is exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that uh, kind of dictates that you need to have some strategy behind who those people are, right? Uh, and, and that means that you need clarity around your services that you're providing and What's the whole process for people who would seek your services? Because there's somebody in that chain of events that is going to provide services before and then somebody who's going to provide services after. And so those are fabulous referral partners, right? That's right. That's right. And it, you have to take a step back and kind of get outside of your own head and think about, get inside the head of your ideal client. And so who else do they work with? Yeah. You know, as you said, before I would work with them or after I would work with them and then um, and then seek them out and then you'll find your natural connections and strategic partners that um, and it takes time. You can't you know, it's hard when you're trying to grow revenue and fill your pipeline and you're frustrated and it takes time to dig those relationships out and and foster them. Um, it's frustrating, but you have to have a plan and the plan starts with who's your ideal client. Mm-hmm. Everything comes after that. Your strategic yeah. partners, networking in the right room, knowing what to say to engage, whether you're doing your one minute in your networking meeting every week or, um, or you're uh, looking at what channels are right for me. I mean, there's a lot of technology out there in marketing right now. Yeah. And it's easy to go to the shiny object, right? right. You know, I'm gonna start paying for Google ads or I'm gonna start. And if you're not clear on who your ideal client is and what the message is, you um, can actually throw a lot of money away and not see results. And, and I hear this a lot from my clients. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because you're right, we, we do get distracted by those shiny objects and the promises of, you know, instant millions every month, those kinds of things. And uh, as if there's some magic way to bypass the hard work of what we need. That's to do. right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I, I've just been reading a, a book. Um, and in fact, I have it right in front of me here. Impossible to Ignore. And it, it really is talking about all the things that you're telling us about, you know, you've got to know who you're talking to. You need to be able to say the right things in a way that will be memorable because we act on things that we remember. And if people are not remembering and they're not hearing your message, then all the fabulous services in the world are not going to matter because they're not going to remember. 
That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that sounds like a great book. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's um, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you about it. Um, and that goes to what you were saying about, you know, being in the right room and saying the right thing. That is so important. Yeah. Being crystal clear, having the confidence with that clarity. Uh, it's amazing how it attracts the right people. Yeah. And, uh, people generally, I mean, we're humans, right. And the way we connect is through emotion. Yes. And, we work hard, my clients and uh, myself, we work hard on connecting the messages with the pain points. We, we, as a professional, you know who, what your clients are dealing with, you know, their struggles and you're a problem solver. You solve, you're here for a purpose. And it goes oftentimes right to the why, why they started their business in the first place. So connecting into that why and really, um, aligning with your gifts and what you really love to do. It took me a long time to figure it out. Don't give up on that. It's hard work. Um, There are resources out there that can help you identify your why. We all know Simon Sinek. He's a great resource. Um, I think um, the success principles by Jack Canfield is another, it's a Bible. It's a fabulous book. You know, if I only had one book, business book that I could hold on to, that would be it. Mm-hmm. And another one that I recommend is called the pumpkin plan. And he does a high level. Um, someone asked me, he said, have you read the pumpkin plan? And I said, uh, is that a business book? <laughs> and yeah, it's a business book. In fact, everything you're telling me, he covers at a much higher level than you, you go deep. He touches on the top surface of it, but it's a great uh, primer almost. And so for um, individuals that are not my ideal clients or who just are not um, able to afford the services, they don't have the revenue, um, I recommend those books to start applying your own strategy. Um, There's lots in there about pricing strategy, aligning with your ideal clients, looking at their struggles and pain points. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of work that you can do on your own to um, align your ideal clients, your messaging and being in the right room. Yeah. What you just said about, you know, maybe somebody's not the right fit or maybe now's not the right time. That's so important because I think sometimes, especially, you know, when we're in that rush to see the money coming in the door, we just want to keep moving on. If somebody is a no, we just keep moving. And, right. and we forget that building that relationship is such an important feature. Even if it's somebody we, we know we're not going to be doing business with, guess what? Right. They know people who may be the perfect fit, right? That's right. And, That's right. and if, if you're providing value to them in the ways that you just suggested, how readily would they then refer you the right person? Right. And the easier you make it to be clear on, all right, what are the struggles that uh, my prospects have? They're looking for leads. They want to fill their pipeline. They have underperforming clients. They want to attract higher value clients. Um, They've been doing marketing, spending money, but it's not a return. If you hear those complaints, then here's what you say. Do you have somebody helping you with that? I happen to know a marketing strategy coach. She is agnostic when it comes to what the solutions are. She's there to figure out 
you know, what is going to get you aligned in the right room and to be heard and seen by your ideal clients once you know who those are. And, you know, having people understand that in simple everyday language, I'm not using any marketing lingo or strategy lingo, and say it enough times, people start mimicking and, and mirroring what you're saying. And it just comes out when they're in the right place, oh, I know someone that can help you with that. You keep it conversational. You don't get into your process. You don't get into your technical speak or your credentials, any of that stuff. It's all about the prospect you're trying to help. Yeah, yeah. Fabulous tip, right? Uh, And going back to what you said before, that requires clarity about what you do. (laughs) Right. In fact, when I started the program, I actually, two years ago, I thought I was making it too simple. But isn't it interesting how it's harder to make things simple? And I think the other thing is we get, we get tired faster with our own message. We keep saying the same thing and we think, oh, we need to change it up. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I'm, I'm bored. They must be bored. Yeah. But guess what? Consistency is the key. Yes. So let your passion show through, be consistent, teach others what you do through what problems you solve, what to listen for and what to say. And the rest is, is going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a couple more questions. Uh, First question is, in my coaching, and, and I'm setting the stage for the question, in my coaching, I, I talk about MSG, mindset, skill set, get off your asset, because I think that really encapsulates a lot of very important coaching principles. So as you look at your life and your businesses, is there a, an overarching principle that you could point to that you believe has contributed to your success? Yes, I love that. Get off your ass set. Um, That's so important, right? Because action um, and moving forward, we can get kind of stuck in our own mindset and our own skill set, right? Yes. And uh, you have all these credentials, you've achieved a certain level of success, but you can't make your own business happen. And it's because it's work Um, and it takes strategy and clarity. Um, I think my, um, what helped me was um, just a, you know, I've been been a single parent a couple of times in my life and have had some really ugly, ugly <laughs> jobs. Um, it's the never give up. Yeah. It's the, what can I learn from this? Um, you know, it's doing everything I can to turn uh, fear and failure into learnings. We hear this all the time. You got to fail, fail, fail to succeed. But it's so true. I mean, every job I've ever had totally makes sense now with the kind of work that I do. Mm-hmm. And um, I, knowing that I am a purist when it comes to strategy, I love strategy. I've, as I said, I've written copy. I can build websites. And there are a lot of people that can do that and do it even better than I can because it's gotten so specialized now. But what I do really, really well is I am a strategist and I ask the right questions and I know what to listen for. Mm -hmm. And it, it really aligns everything. So just getting true to who 
I am being authentic to who I am and creating the space for me to be authentic. It, you know, I've been on my own for 12 years. I, you know, I had clients, consulting clients, but it wasn't until I figured out this coaching program that aligned with the need of the market and made it affordable. I still made money. I still felt like I was being paid for my value and it showed results. And that makes me feel good because I want my clients to have results. So I think all those components together lined up um, just brings out even more of who I am. And that is the, that's a, of benefit to my clients. Because 40 years of marketing strategy gets packed into six one-hour sessions. And, yeah. um, and I can see how it works. Yeah. That, that's an amazing point. You know, they're not engaging you for one hour. They're engaging you for 40 years of experience. Right. And, and, and knowing what not to do. Yes. And, and knowing what not to do and yeah. taking away, and, I'm, and I know you do this with your clients, part of coaching is removing the barriers and the circular conversations yeah. we have with ourselves and the shiny objects and the things that we don't give ourselves permission to do, like increasing our prices, right? right. And um, aligning the solutions with the aspirational client that we've always wanted to have. You know, just having somebody who believes in us sometimes is all we need to take off. And I see clients take off in session three or four out of six. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. It is amazing. One last question, and this will be in the show notes. How can people get in touch with you? So uh, it, certainly <clears throat> they want to claim that gift that you're offering. Yes, um, absolutely. So uh, my website is www.susangoldcoaching.com. It's a traditional spelling of Susan and gold, G-O-L-D. And at the bottom of my homepage is the um, uh, complimentary four must-dos to attract your ideal client. It's kind of a worksheet format on what we talked about earlier about identifying your ideal client, being in the right room, your message strategy, et cetera, so I can get you started. You can also find me on LinkedIn. I'm Susan M. Gold. If you search for me and you'll see the same picture um, on my website, in my profile, um, I'm wearing a blue shirt. <laughs> it's a very brilliant blue shirt. So you'll know you've got the right Susan Gold. Um, and those are the best ways to, uh, to reach me. Fabulous. And you have a book coming out pretty soon. Yes. Yes. Very exciting for both of us. Voices yes. of Truth. Yes. Uh, we're chapter writers. Um, this is called a compilation book. And my, my um, chapter is all about how to find your ideal clients. And it gives specific examples um, for each of those areas of identifying your ideal client and um, you know, uh, setting up those messages to engage with them and then being in the right room. So there's a client story, the name's been changed to protect the, the client. And it goes into detail about what um, they were facing and what they worked on together and what the results were. Absolutely. So hopefully people will find that interesting. Absolutely. Well, and I can't wait to read it. I can't wait for all of our audience to read it. I know it's going to be amazing. Thank you. Yes. Looking forward to it. Likewise. And thank you so much for being here. 
Thank you. It was an enjoyable conversation. And I wish all your listeners and viewers um, all the best in their pursuits of, um, you know, building their business and growing their business. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in today. Make sure you tune in next time for High Frequency Mindset.